Hi, folks. I have a question for you, particularly those who believe in the pre-tribulation rapture, or even if you don't believe in that. Here's the question. Is imminence present in Matthew 24 and 25, and does it matter? Folks, the pre-tribulation rapture is real, and that matters. And an understanding of imminence will help you to understand this better. So let's talk about it, about something called imminence. Perhaps you have heard people who believe in the pre-tribulation rapture say that the rapture is imminent. Or perhaps you haven't heard that. Either way is okay, but I believe that it's important to know about imminence, so we're going to talk about it today. There is a biblical definition of imminence, or at least a definition that can be derived from the Bible. Many Bible teachers, theologians, and saints of the past, going back many centuries, have considered the second coming of Christ to be possible at any moment. Many of these saints had no detailed understanding of the second coming, and many did not believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Some did not even believe in a rapture at all. And yet some of these folks were quite solid believers. They just didn't have revelation from the Holy Spirit about the rapture. But many believed that Christ's return could occur at any moment, and that is very important. Was this a belief in imminence, however, biblical imminence? Or at least let me ask, was this a belief in imminence as we will define it in this message today? I don't know if we can answer that definitively, but that's okay. We'll see those saints in heaven and we can ask them then if we want to. But for you and me, we'll talk about it now and I hope to show you the value of knowing about imminence. And we will define imminence shortly, folks. But before we define imminence, I'd like to make sure that you understand that the second coming of the Messiah can be viewed as having two parts. First, the rapture, which happens when Jesus snatches believers and resurrected saints up to meet him in the clouds to take them back to heaven with him. And then second, after the seven-year tribulation, the return of Messiah to earth, to the Mount of Olives, which is the actual second coming of Christ, to terra firma, to the earth, at which time he rescues the Jewish nation, he judges the world, and he sets up his messianic or millennial kingdom, which he will then rule from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Many great theologians and believers in Christ of the past 
those who took the scriptures literally didn't understand that there is a pre-tribulation rapture. Nevertheless, they believed that Messiah's second coming could occur in any moment. The great British preacher Charles Spurgeon was such a man. Folks, I hope you will see today why they believed that Christ could come at any moment, his second coming to earth. I think you'll understand that today, and I think it's important. But going on with imminence, what is the definition of imminence as we will use the word and concept here? Imminence refers to an event that first could occur at any time. Second, has no preconditions attached to it. And third, is not necessarily going to occur soon. It is as if this event is hanging over our heads and could fall upon us with no advance warning at any time. Is this concept of imminence based on New Testament scriptures? Yes. I will give you several examples that demonstrate imminence in the context of the second coming of our Messiah. The first example is Titus 2.13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's Titus 2.13. The Greek word for looking for in this verse is prosdekamai, and it means to look for, to wait for, to expect. The tense of this Greek verb is the present tense, which means continuous action. The waiting and looking for is non-stop. The Apostle Paul is saying in this verse that he is continuously waiting for and expecting the sun. But he mentions no time frame for the sun's return no preconditions for the coming of the sun, and he never said that the sun was coming soon, although he was obviously yearning for that. By the way, this verse could not be about a post-tribulation rapture because Paul would not be continuously waiting in hope, knowing that he would have to go through the seven-year tribulation. Let me give you a second example. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. The Greek word for wait in this verse is anamino, and it means to wait for, to await, to expect, it is also a verb in the present tense. So again, Paul is saying in this verse that he is continuously waiting for and expecting the sun. But he mentions no time frame for the sun's return, no preconditions for the coming of the sun, and he never said that the sun was coming soon. In this verse, too, 
could not be about a post-tribulation rapture because Paul would not be continuously waiting for that. Knowing that he would have to go through the seven-year tribulation first. Paul is actually stating in this verse that he is waiting for deliverance from the wrath to come. Paul is not waiting to enter a time of wrath, (coughs) which is what the tribulation is. And let me give you a third example. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Eagerly wait for is the translation of the Greek verb epek dekomai. The verb is again in the present tense and again indicates continuous waiting. The author is continuously waiting for the Messiah's return. This would not be the case if he had to go through the seven-year tribulation first. Now, it's important to realize that the Apostle Paul knew all about the second coming, that there were two parts to it, and of course, that the rapture was the first part. Paul was with the Lord in heaven, where he received surpassingly great revelations. He also wrote both letters to the Thessalonian church, and he also taught the Thessalonians in person for several weeks. So consider this, if anything in the future, future to Paul's time, had to come before the rapture, or was a required condition for the rapture to happen, Paul would have known that, and he would have said so. That is why he wrote the verses that I've given you above as examples of imminence in the manner that he did. And these verses are not the only examples. The only thing Paul was not told was when the second coming was going to occur. But he knew that it was imminent. Now, verses like these that I've just read to you, verses like these is where the concept of imminence comes from where it's derived from. This is not necessarily obvious or easy to grasp, but I hope that the biblical concept of imminence is more understandable to you now. Now, as we discussed in the last podcast, the rapture is not present in the Synoptic Gospels. But is imminence present in the Gospels? And if it is, what does it mean and what is the implication? Now, I want to give you a few verses from Matthew and Mark that at least to me sound like verses that are talking about imminence, at least with only a superficial hearing of them. And folks, I expect that you will agree with that. We'll get to those verses in a moment. But it is most important that we understand the context of each of these verses that we're going to read shortly 
different verses than what we have just read. In order to know if they are describing biblical imminence. Before I read the actual verses, I want to remind you that these verses all follow after this verse, which is Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So the verses, folks, that I will now quote or read all refer to a time after this, a time after the tribulation. Here are the verses. The first one is Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. This verse is clearly referring to the coming of Jesus after the tribulation. He is coming then in judgment. This coming requires something else to come first, the tribulation. Therefore, therefore, although at the present time, today, October 3rd, 2023, we cannot know when this event will occur. This event does not qualify for imminence because the tribulation must come first. The next verse is quite similar. Matthew 24, 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. This verse refers to the same event as the verse that I just read, Matthew 24, 36. Therefore, Imminence is not described here either. Again, Yeshua is coming in judgment here. This is not the rapture of the church, which is a blessing and a deliverance from the wrath to come. The next verse is Matthew 24, 44. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Same thing here, folks. This is after the tribulation. No eminence is described in this verse. Jesus is coming in judgment. And a verse from the next chapter of Matthew, Matthew 25, verse 13. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, this verse is spoken by Jesus as part of the parable of the ten virgins. There is no reason to believe that Matthew 25 is not continuing the description of the judgment that is coming at the end of the age, after the tribulation, described in Matthew 24. Therefore, this verse also requires something to come before it, namely, the tribulation. Imminence is not in this verse. Judgment is. And finally, from the Gospel of Mark, Mark 13, 32 to 33. But of that day and hour, 
No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. This is like the verses in Matthew that we just read, Matthew 24, verse 36, verse 42, and verse 44 that we just read. These verses are about judgment. The tribulation must come before these two verses in Mark. Imminence is not here. So again, at the present time, today, October 3rd, 2023, these verses which describe the second coming of the Messiah, which someone could easily believe, are talking about the rapture. They are not about the rapture even though it is easy to become confused about this. Because right now, folks, today, we cannot know when the second coming is going to be. Once the tribulation begins, we will know when the second coming will be. It will be seven years from the start of the tribulation. But right now, we can't know when that will be. These verses, then, do not describe imminence and have nothing to do with the rapture. The rapture, which happens before the tribulation, is an imminent event. So what's the big deal about all of this? For one thing, don't you want the assurance of hope? Aren't you glad, and more than glad, in fact ecstatic, that you, if you are a believer, will not be going through any part of the tribulation. I'm definitely ecstatic about that. Maybe I'll go to be with the Lord before the rapture occurs. I'm 77 years old, just about. That's okay with me, but maybe I won't. And I want to pray like the early believers did. And I want to greet my fellow believers with Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And yes, that verb come. In the Greek, it's erkamai. It is in the present tense, signifying continuous action. Yes, Lord Jesus, come. And for a second thing, isn't it a great joy to rightly divide the word of God? It's a great joy for me to be able to understand verses or passages in the Bible that often confuse people, and to be able to clear up that confusion. I hope I've done that today. If not, please let me know. Send me a comment. I think that the Lord is pleased when we understand his word better. So let's close with a prayer. To my Father in heaven, and to my Savior, Yeshua, and in the power of the Spirit of God, Ruach, HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, thank you so much for teaching us and encouraging us today. And most of all, thank you for saving us. And please bless these dear people who are reading or listening. Please give them the same excitement and joy that you've given me. And if any of them don't know you, please quicken their hearts so that they can be saved and be blessed by all of this. In Yeshua's name I pray, amen.